There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. the air it's hockey night tonight it's the talk and hockey the hockey talking show i'm co-host tom i have got with me as always co-host randy streaking down the wing and hollering for that puck uh how you doing today randy doing great it's a beautiful day out here in uh, winnipeg manitoba canada um yep. a bit windy but um actually it's the first day of spring tomorrow so uh Beautiful. So I guess it's time to, you know, put on the shorts and the backwards caps and get, get yourself to outdoor or I mean, not outdoor rink, an indoor rink and, and walk to the rink in shorts and all that yeah. fun stuff. If that's ever going to happen again, hopefully. We'll fingers, see. Yeah, fingers we'll crossed. see. Yeah. COVID uh, restrictions notwithstanding. Well, it is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, Season 3, Episode 15. And as is the uh, tradition here on Talking Hockey, we've named this one after one of our favorite number 15s of all time, Dave Tippett. So this is Episode Tippett. Uh, The reason that I went with old Davey Tipp, uh, as I like to call him, uh, the tipster, is, (laughs) um, you know, there's... Uh, no shortage in number 15s. It was a, it's a pretty popular number, fairly common. There's not really any superstars who have ever really worn 15, if you uh, take note. Uh, but the, I chose Tippett because actually our, uh, our hometown Winnipeg Jets are in Edmonton playing Dave Tippett's Edmonton Oilers uh, tomorrow night. That would be Saturday night, tomorrow, March 20th. Um, so I thought, hey, tip it, the coach, tip it, the, uh, you know, talking hockey show number. Uh, but he he wore number 15 for the Hartford Whalers, uh, basically between the years of 83 and 90. He then went on to play a couple more seasons. He played, you know, one with the Flyers, the Capitals, the Penguins. And for those seasons, he actually wore 14. But his heart was in Hartford. And he wore number fifteen for the for the Whalers. And if you if you know one thing about Dave Tippett, aside from that he's the coach of the Oilers these days, it's that he had himself a beautiful mustache, a thick black mustache, um, very good looking '90s hockey player. Um, he, you just you go on a, a Google image search of Dave Tippett Whalers. You'll be there for hours, just, you know, warm up uh, pictures of him taking slap shots, no helmet, the mustache. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, Dave Tippett, shout out for number 15 there. There was a couple other number 15s I liked, and I will just relay two more quick 15s to you here. Uh, Bobby Smith. I don't know if you remember Bobby Smith, but uh, being from Nova Scotia, Bobby Smith is a bit of a legend there. He's 
until very recently was the highest scoring player from Nova Scotia ever. And then, you know, who Sidney Crosby took that, took over the lead pretty recently, like this year, I think it was. And, um, but, but Bobby Smith, he played himself 1500 games. No, sorry. Uh, wrong. 1077 games, pretty close. Uh, and he was almost a point of game player, 1,036 points. And he played most of those years with Montreal and Minnesota. Those were his two teams that he played for, basically. Um, and then I believe he went and coached Minnesota after retiring as a player, but don't quote me on that. So, um, yeah, Bobby Smith from North Sydney, Cape Breton Island. And here's the other 15. This one might blow your mind, Randy. Are you ready? Maurice the Rocket Richard. War 15? For, we uh, all know him as number nine, yeah. right? Everybody knows Maurice War <clears throat> number nine. Well, for his first season and a half, I believe it was, or maybe first full two seasons, he wore number 15 for the Montreal Canadiens, the blue Blanque Rouge. But uh, yeah, so that would have been... 1942-43, and then 43-44. I'm not sure if he wore it the full season the second year there because the source I'm looking at is it doesn't really break it down that way, but there's something – there's a bit of an overlap between the dates of when he wore 15 and number nine, so I'm just putting two and two together here. But, yeah, the early 1940s, he's like 20 years old, coming into the league. He's not I, – I, he's probably not known as the Rocket yet. But, uh, yeah, old Maurice Richard, the, uh, at one point, the highest scoring, the most, you know, most goals, they named it the goal scoring trophy after him. I mean, you know, they should also name like the best slicked back hair award after him. Cause he had a pretty legendary, uh, gel job on top of his head there for sure. Also a very great movie, if you've ever seen. And mm. we, talk, we talked about this during season one of Talking Hockey. That's right. The, the Rocket movie. Um, With uh, Roy Dupuis playing, as Maurice yeah. Richard. But also uh, appearances by Vinny Le Cavalier. I, yeah. think, I think he plays Jean Beliveau. And I could, uh, that's like, he'd be like a dead ringer, big guy like that. Yeah. Like then sure. there was, Oh, I forget who the other NHLer was, but it's a, actually, a, there was a few of them. It, it's a great movie. And like, yeah. I, I would say that that one is flirting with, with, you know, my top five hockey movies. And maybe Good that's call. a little t- topic that we got to maybe return to. I was uh, thinking the exact same thing last night. Um, uh, I was, we were watching, okay, bit of a sidebar here, but we were watching Parks and Rec and Rob Lowe is on that show. Yeah. And Dean Young got me thinking about yeah. Youngblood. Deaner. And and I was like, you know what? I, I know this is like Randy's favorite movie. I don't think I've ever seen Youngblood actually. You have and to so, you have to do yourself a favor. Yeah. We watched and, the preview, the trailer, yeah. and my wife was like that looks awesome. I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do it. So I think we should do like a movie club episode or something, you know, where we, where we dissect one movie, like let's start with young blood. Like totally. We'll, yeah. We'll dissect young blood or something. So anyway, that'll be coming on talking hockey, but 
further to that theme, I also saw that I think Mighty Ducks is rebooting. I don't know if it's a yeah. movie or a series. It's a series on okay. Disney Plus. Just okay, that, that, that might be a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, I'm not, not going to watch a whole series, but maybe I'll yeah. tune in for the one part when Emilio Estevez comes back or something. <laughs> <laughs> they show him in the trailer for because that was also it came on I think during the game or something last night for an ad for that new series on Disney Plus, and they show they show Estevez like the Zamboni doors open and he like walks out through like a steam cloud or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Classic. So actually before we move on from 15 and crack these beers, um, I need to uh, make a special mention of, uh, because basically my whole hockey knowledge and, you know, education comes from growing up as a Jets fan in, in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And number 15 back then for the Winnipeg Jets. For my 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 main era of watching hockey was Pat Elenuk. So he yeah. he, he was a, a clutch performer for the Winnipeg Jets. And then if you just think about recently, um Matt Hendricks, I think was the most recent number yep. fifteen for the current version of the Winnipeg Jets. But uh, number fifteen will always uh be Pat Elnuk to me. And I yeah, think his and- son is actually playing in the NHL right now or 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 flirting oh, really? with Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. But cool. uh, yeah, that when I well, hear number fifteen, I think of uh, Pat Elnuk. That's for sure. When we did our uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, and hockey had shut down, and we were like, "Oh, what do we talk about?" We did we put together an all-time Jets team, if you remember correctly. Yeah, and I Pat Elnuk, I don't honestly remember if he made the team, but he was in discussions for sure. Uh, I would have to go back and review the roster we we created for that all-time Jets. Uh, team but oh, he was hey, definitely that that roster de- might change uh, after this season maybe we got to revisit that uh yeah yeah it's maybe, where, it'd be maybe worth some guys have worked their way onto it or worked their way off of it in the case of maybe <laughs> josh morrissey but we'll see, we'll see what goes on there but well, uh, this, further to that uh, uh helen uh, uh, pat alnick's son hudson is drafted by the carolina hurricanes so oh very cool he's likely on his way uh way into the bigs yeah, we're very cool. And, you know, Carolina, um, they'll come up later in the show probably uh, as we they talk will. about uh, our – we're kind of halfway through the season, so we're going to do a bit of a halfway recap, maybe talk about who some of the uh, leading candidates for awards are and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Carolina's having themselves a nice little season over there in, in Raleigh. Is that where they play out of, Raleigh? Yeah. North Carolina, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's already 10 minutes into the show and we haven't had a sip of beer yet. So well, we better because that's, that's how dedicated we are hours. to hockey. Yeah. So, Randy, today I've got myself pretty much one of my favorites. This is from uh, heading down the road to Kenora, Ontario, and the Lake of the Woods Brewing Company. This is called the Nautical Disaster Dry Hopped IPA. It's a. Uh, it's a solid choice. You, you can't go wrong. It's, it's kind of, um, well, it's a dry hopped IPA. What does that mean? You say, couldn't tell you, but I will tell you that it's, um, you know, it's kind of hazy. It's kind of hoppy. It's fully delicious. And that's all I've got to say about that. Hey, I'll go quick here too, because we're, we're on a, we're on a schedule here this week. Uh, I've got bazooka nukes from mm. Sucrums. A brewing company. It's part of their anniversary beers. They just celebrated their second anniversary over there. Uh, yep. At uh, 
479 Warsaw Avenue. And Two blocks ba- south of Confusion Corner. And Bazooka Nukes <laughs> is described as a big and bold West Coast style double IPA. So you know it's going to be strong. And if yeah. you have a few, you might be moving a little slow tomorrow morning. But hey, buddy, it's, I'll it's tell Saturday. You, <laughs> buddy, I'll tell you, I had one. I had just one. The only beer that I had. And I had one of those that was like uh, the other night I was watching a Jets game and um, cracked open one of those and just one of them. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you're not going to be driving anywhere for sure after one of those. But uh, tasty beer, hoppy. Yeah, Very hoppy. super hoppy. Just the way that uh, most of us like it. Um, yeah. And if you don't like it, you got to just give it a shot anyways. Mm. So those are the beers of the week. Uh, I, I hear from from our uh, IT department that our mailbox has been jammed full of messages. Um, so I guess yeah. uh, maybe it's time that we open up the digital mailbag. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty Good. We haven't really hit the digital mailbag in quite some time. It used to be a semi-regular feature of the show, you know, uh, going back to season one and two. But uh, here on, you know, we're we're season three, episode fifteen here, uh, the tippet. And um, yeah, we've not we've not looked at the digital mailbag in quite some time. So I think that maybe we should take a dip in and and the first the first. Uh, dip i'd like to take um is from our instagram at talking hockey podcast um recently uh posted uh last episode we were talking about strength of divisions remember and yep you had posed the question to me you know is the canadian division the weakest link uh if it as it were and and my response was kind of that uh, it's it's got a lot of the most potent offense, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the weakest, right? But it's definitely high scoring, maybe the highest scoring division. And uh, so we, we had a couple comments here. And, um, you know, so uh, a little shout out here for uh, a, another podcast that I believe they get some feature on – uh umfm as well and that's which police radio local podcast that uh features local uh manitoba musicians and such interview style uh podcast and so which police radio comments that uh about the canadian division about the north division says it's the only one that matters i honestly wish there was a separate canadian league at this point I haven't watched a single game from any other division this year, and I'm quite happy, he says. And in response to that, listener Napoleon Mennonite in uh, Winnipeg, I'm going to just pick a neighborhood, St. Boniface. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Listener Napoleon Mennonite says, I couldn't agree more. It almost feels like the North Division, and I like this comment, it almost feels like the North Division is like the NFL playing for the Super Bowl and the rest of the league is like the CFL playing for the Grey Cup, <laughs> following teams like Columbus, the Rangers, Phoenix, and the Panthers. It just seems like a farm league, farm league, lacking of intensity of the Battle of Alberta or Jets versus Laughs. 
he says laughs instead nice. of leaves. Yeah, so right on. Well, uh, and we'll yeah, revisit thought... that little uh, laughs or leaves dig at a, in a song for uh, later on this episode. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But you know and... what? That that reminds me. I think it would might have been around two thousand four or five. There was like some sort of like work. What do you call it? Not work stoppage, but like labor negotiations. And I right. remember hearing, like especially when like Winnipeg and Quebec both. Uh, lost their teams i get oh no this would have been in the 90s so yeah like right. mid 90s yeah. 96 the jets moved to phoenix i think 97 there was a strike or something in like 94 95 or thereabouts but i remember I hearing that there was going to maybe be like an uh like a a league that was going to break off and start and it'd be 10 canadian teams i guess mm-hmm. maybe almost similar to like what the wha would have been like right. in the 70s but then this would have been an only canadian team so it, it would have been like Winnipeg, Quebec, Hamilton, Halifax, and then some, you know, maybe Vancouver, Saskatoon or something. Stuff like that. But I remember like talk of like a 10 team Canadian league, which I thought would have been so sweet. And Mm. again, that's almost what this is mimicking. And I think just like what, about a week or two ago, did Gary Bettman do like a little bit of a state of the union address and saying like the North division will never happen again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even like, though like that's what all the fans in Canada want, but loving it. Yeah. yeah. But hey, and, and like, even I think we don't matter up here. The, the, well, the teams want that. And if, if not a Canadian division, I think what we hopefully will see going forward is just more inter-Canadian play, you know, like, because as it stands now, it's all conference-based, West and East, yada, yada, yada. So the Jets will only see the Leafs twice a year. They only see the Habs twice a year, <clears throat> that kind of thing. And what we're, what we're seeing now is just like, man, like this is – I'm loving it. And I know that you can read different opinions of people online if they like or dislike this sort of Canadian division. But I've been really liking it, and I would love to see the Leafs and Habs – play the jets six times a year or something like that you know like uh you know i don't care about carolina we'll play them once whatever but like give us more leafs habs that kind of stuff right so i think uh fans of canadian teams um we're all i i i, I don't know i think we're all loving this canadian division and it is, it does it feels like every series is so intense and it's so like there's so much on the line. It's so, you know, like we've seen the standings getting at the top there between the Leafs, the Jets, the Oilers getting pretty, you know, the cream's rising from the, the rest or whatever. And um, it's pretty tight up there. And and who knows, like uh, if that all happen going forward with the Canadian di- division, but it's pretty cool to see right now anyway. So, well, I um, think, I think too, like, it's just such a natural fit for rivalries when it's like Canadian teams. Cause if you go back to the, the regular central, like I, the jets, like even though Minnesota is the closest team, it's not the same kind of thing as like Winnipeg versus Calgary or Winnipeg versus whatever Toronto or Edmonton or whatever, like that Canadian competition or, and like the, the fans get involved. Whereas like, 
Winnipeg versus Minnesota, I think the only really way you get a decent rivalry going is if there's like consistently you're facing them in the playoffs, like year yeah, after year. Yeah, we played year. them one year, and that was, and it was like okay, everybody was like, here's our rivalry now. Yeah, and, it's and like, then it, it just, just like it's disappeared. And same thing like Vegas, like it's kind of like that's gone, like from 2018, and St. Yeah. Louis, that's kind of gone. Like, but like those are rivalries, like or like unless something really crazy happens, but. It's just when it comes when it's based on geography, it's like those are built-in rivalry rivalries. Like mm, it's just yeah. so that's yeah that's well one thing especially between the Canadian cities with the bragging rights and everything, right? So it's just you know, but uh, yeah. So let's dip back into the digital mailbag here, and uh, we had uh, a little write-in from uh, listener Carter in East St. Paul. Is that am I correct uh, in? Uh, I would, yeah, I guess you're close to Birds Hill up there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, and before you go through it, um, I just wanted to mention that this hot take is brought to you by McPhillips Toyota for all your Toyota needs. <laughs> That's right. Uh, drive into summer with the new yeah, yeah. <laughs> Venza Hybrid or Sienna Hybrid uh, for hockey families in need of more space. There you go. Here, and Carter's, uh, I've got it right. Do you have it? I've got it here. I just pulled it up here. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, Carter, the car guy, listener in East St. Paul, uh, he writes in and says, uh, this is about the Jets um, and talking about their overtime win against the Montreal Canadiens a couple nights ago. They beat the Habs 4-3 after the Habs tied it late with the goalie pulled um, <clears throat> Carter says hard to argue with the two points again last night, but there's no three on three overtime format in the playoffs for the jets to redeem themselves and get the win playoffs are only 27 games away, which is kind of crazy. So just to preface that a little bit, we were, I think uh, saying how the jets three on three, they're like, there's no worries. Eh? We, we, it goes to overtime. We pretty much know the jets are going to put it in the bag and, and take it. So anyway, so, uh, so Carter goes on to say, I'm thinking the jets will do something sooner than later to acquire a solid D man. But if they really want to go all in, I think they'll need two more solid D men to do any serious damage in the playoffs to get two solid D man. I figure the jets might have to part with two of the three of some kind of combination of Stanley, Hainola, and or Samberg, plus draft picks, and maybe a player like Appleton, which would suck, he says, that they might not be able to protect in the expansion draft anyway. Then, And then a little uh, side note at the end with a thumbs up, then they could sign Lowry. And he adds, I could see Niku getting shipped out too. So what are your thoughts on uh, Carguy's comments there, Randy? Well, he's right, and he's in in very similar fashion to that uh, video that you shared in the group there uh, uh, this afternoon with uh, Sean Reynolds saying like, "This is your chance. You have a legit shot." Same thing like with with a few other teams in the division, you should take a serious run and put everything you have at at this chance because if we're going back to the Central Division next year. I feel that the Jets' chances are probably just as good as they were last year, and it felt like they weren't that like 
you know, they, great. they, they yeah. barely, well, they only made it to the bubble because of the season ending. Yeah. Um, so like they're, fl- they're definitely in the, you know, flirting with a playoff position. Um, it looks like this is the, the year where all you got to do is get out of the North division and you're already in the, the semifinals, right? Like, so you, you'd play the first two rounds against Canadian teams and then, and then by the time it gets to like whatever you want to call it, if it's the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference finals, you're there. So yeah. all you got to do is stock up to be better than these Canadian teams. And then hopefully that takes, takes you the rest of the way. So yeah. Like, it, and by then, you know, you're in playoff mode and yeah. So it, it's like you're the jets don't need forward depth right now. And like, even just seeing how that fourth line was playing last night, like in, even though the jets lost against Edmonton, I thought they were the best line for most of that game. Like yeah, they for, good. Yeah. for the little time, they scored that the, the goal for the, the but like the they were like zone time and, and control and uh, Lewis had that breakaway and like, to me, to me, like they, they had, and like uh, that tip and then they, uh, a pro tried to do the same thing back to uh, uh, Nate Thompson later on in the game, like yeah. same kind of play. Like it just seemed like they were making more noise than than Wheeler and 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 Shifley and Listasny and even though like stat like there I think it was at the start of the third period the top line was out there and they were in the zone for for a while but they I don't cycled think, it around for quite a while but they but did, did they have any shots on that shot. yeah. yeah so like yeah that's great but they, they were down by one and you need you're not going to score by cycling um, yeah. so all that said the Jets definitely like need to just you know, stock up and, and it's defense for sure. I would totally give up the first round pick for their yeah. first round pick for next season. Cause it's a crap shoot. You don't even know if you're going to get anyone good anyways. Well, that's what they're saying about the draft this year is with the, with uh, a lot of the junior leagues, not even playing or playing very minimal amounts, you know, and the scouts are not able to travel and all of these things the draft is going to be a total crapshoot. Yeah. You know, they'll have their guys that they've followed, but then in the terms of like a full year of development, like when you're a teenager, that goes a long way between, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, throw that first round pick in and, you know, with the jets being in the top third of the league, it's going to be a later pick anyway. So you know, like absolutely. Yeah. I, you know. And I think the first overall, like the, not first overall, the first round pick is going to get you more than w- what Sammy Niku is going to get. Like, I think yeah. Sammy Niku is just becomes like an addition. If, if he's an add on, if, if, sure. if a team yeah. needs like a roster player just to fill a spot, then that's yeah. where he, he get put gets added to it. Where, but whereas like, um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to bring a larger return. But yeah. anyways, we're getting pretty long here on, on, on our first segment. So is there any more digital mailbag or was that it? Uh, there's more, but you know what? We'll hit the digital mailbag another another time and uh, we'll we'll wrap up this segment for now and uh, call it a success, dipping into the old uh, digi mailbag. Uh, but, uh, so we had great know, comments from Witch Police, from Napoleon Mennonite, and from Carter the Car Guy. So thanks, yeah. Frank. Thanks for listening and following, boys. And uh, we gotta we gotta throw to a song here. We're we're running heavy, so we gotta we gotta skip some stuff and we gotta go right right to the tunes. So what's the first tune that we're playing here, Tommy? And and how did you come across it? So this one is called um, Oh, geez, you know what? So it's No Effects. What's the song actually called here, though? Uh, 
It's called We Called It America by No Effects. It's off their album Coaster. If you missed that album, don't worry. I think everybody missed it. It came out in somewhere around 2009-ish or so. And um, it's not an album that I really am familiar with by No Effects. Like, I listen to that, that band, you know, a regular amount and everything. But um, that one, I don't know. It just came out. I didn't even really know about it when it came out. And I never went back to really revisit it. But I was listening to my, you know, my uh, digital music service in it uh, one day while working. And it, it was just playing like curated random songs for me. And this song came on and I was like, what is this? The intro, this is the whole point of this song. The intro is uh, pretty hilarious. It takes a bit. I don't think it's intended to, but it for us, it gives it a meaning, uh, taking a dig at the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yeah, this is, we called it America by no effects. Take a close listen to this intro. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You're weak. Remember when America had a middle class and an upper class that was way before the exodus? That was the America that we thought was number one, that would ever come, that would never die. That was never part of faith. Better than these sins, I know faith is the one of them, but I should have been Cause when things are crumbling, we ain't no camaraderie Just a face of moments, they were so despondent We call it America, whoa We call it America, whoa Number one America was a slogan used To keep around when we knew we were already cooked In the matter what your states, seceded in succession And they used to once fall right behind Mexican America was a perfect name That epitomized the order of significance, authority, and affluence We had turned it all around Number two, we call that America. Okay, and that was no effects. We called it America. I hope you caught that little intro. The I guess when Tommy was doing his work this week and all of a sudden he's <laughs> typing away at the keyboard and then that intro played and he's like, hey, what's this? And Yeah, and I love it, a good dig at the Leafs. So, you, you know, when, when that one, uh, they were talking about the Leafs suck or whatever. <laughs> And, and you're right. That that seems to be a record in in their discography that I kind of missed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I was at that time, point in my life. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll have to. Well, here's a, it. just a quick uh, aside to no effects. Then remember the time uh, for the listeners. Uh, perhaps you don't remember, but perhaps you do. Uh, Eric Melvin of No Effects played. Uh, we got to play hockey with him. Were you there, Randy? I was there. I was just down yeah. the street. Yeah. From yeah. The, from me where I live right now. Yeah, just club. at the Winter Club. 
Yeah, that and, was uh, awesome. Yeah, you came got, for a rip with the boys. Uh, got some photos of that. I, I might uh, maybe yeah. I'll uh, repost or share one that photo from uh, our rip with Eric Melvin on the Talking Hockey Instagram here. So did we yeah, was, do something after that, or did we just? I, I can't remember. I don't think so. They yeah. they played a show. I don't know if it was that same oh, night. Kicks I went Diggett to the show. Played I, as well though. I went to the show. I was at the No Effect show. Yeah. Yeah. There I was at go. the Chicks Diggett show that night. I had had my tickets already way in advance <laughs> as soon as I heard it was happening. And then well, I missed the No Effects. I'd have to say, uh, you know, I'd have to pick Chicks Diggett over No Effects, but. I think it was, I mean, I've only ever seen No Effects play once before and it was, it was pretty awesome, but that was like, oh man, that was like the early to mid thousands. So it was you quite saw, a while ago. You saw Chicks Diggett at the Windsor? Is that I what I believe that's was? where they played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, no effects was at the Burton Cummings Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little trip down memory lane there yeah. for you. <laughs> we played hockey with Eric Melvin. Actually, he was a pretty good player. And uh, I set him times. up for a beautiful goal <laughs> on a two-on-one. I was coming down the right side as a right-handed shot, and I looked off the goalie, feathered a nice little pass over to Melvin, and he tapped it in back door, easy peasy. Let's go, uh, there you boys. Go. Here we go now. And then he ripped a guitar solo right after that. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I took my skates off and joined the mosh pit, elbows up. <laughs> All righty. Well, Randy, we're here on the back half of the show now, Talking Hockey, the uh, Talking Hockey Show, Season 3, Episode 15, The Tip It. We're going to talk halfway point of the season. Uh, and uh, a war, maybe like just sort of, some potential favorites for awards, some teams that are really, we think are really going for it and looking good and uh, that kind of thing. So let's start with, let's start with the, the teams, the, the standings. If you look at the standings, Randy, halfway through the season, is there a team that really stands out for you as a heavy favorite? Like at the top of the pile, you know, you've got your regulars in Tampa, Washington, but you got a few surprise teams in there too, sprinkled in that top 10. Um, you know, who's, who's got your attention in the, at the top of the league? Well, I wouldn't say they're at the top of the league right now, but I think they're being quite methodical and that's the Colorado avalanche. And I think after last season, um, losing in the bumble bubble, uh, definitely stung a little bit. They had a bubble bumble and their, their bubble burst, I guess you could say too. Um, but I think, you know, in a way it's like a little bit of a lesson knowing that it's, you know, it's not a sprint the whole time. All you got to do is get to the dance. And once you get to the dance, you can kind of pick a partner and go for it. So I think they're doing it right. Um, They've had some injuries. They've had some new guys in their lineup, but, and, you know, Nathan McKinnon hasn't had a great start, but he's picking it up now. Just the other night, they really took it to the Minnesota wild. Um, But I think like, you know, you don't like in, in Colorado's case, they don't need to finish first. Like if, if they're not going to catch Vegas, that's fine. Like they're still within distance. All they got to do is get there. Um, but I, I, I'm feeling good about their team. There's like, you know, their whole lineup, um, the way they're, they're playing. And I feel like they're, they're going to peak at the right time. That's one team that I feel pretty strongly about that. If I had to put money on a cup winner, I would say that they're one of them. Also, you can't discount Tampa Bay, um, even though like they're they're without Kucherov right now. 
Um, I he, watched, he's projected to come back. Exactly. Like, so they're going to add him for playoffs. Like that was, I'm sure that was the plan all along. And now mm-hmm. Stamkos has played the whole season and Stammer's looking good. Hedman's looking good. Braden points looking good. They still got plot. They still got Tyler Johnson. They still got, um, uh, Yanni Gord. Right. And, yeah, and, and their goalie, um, Bashelowski is just like, been, so that just te- to me, like that's a team that's like checks all the boxes. They're looking yeah. good. Florida, um, they're looking great playing great hockey, but then the, the playoffs is a whole different battle. And it's like the same kind of thing. Like when you haven't been there, like the thing, yeah. the thing with Tampa Bay and Colorado is they've both been there and they have that experience. They know how to win the playoffs. Florida could be that team that plays really great hockey in the, in the regular season. But when they get to the playoffs, they just don't have that playoff experience. Yet. Yeah. And like they're, 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 they're looking great. But again, it's like, it's that lack of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Carolina though, I'd have to put right up there as well. Like they've been to the playoffs. They've gone deep. A couple yeah, times they made there. it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. You know, a, a couple times now. And, uh, and my last one, I would have to say, is the New York Islanders. They're yeah. they're kind of a boring team to watch, but they're, they they know how to win. They play yeah. great hockey, and I wouldn't be surprised if they add like if they make a pretty pretty big splash at the trade deadline to, again, right. like if you're going to go for it, you might as well go for might it Might as well. Yeah. Um, and Pittsburgh Penguins is another team like that with now with Brian Burke and Ron Hextall at the helm. I could see yeah. those teams really wanting to make a splash and maybe it's, it's like going at Buffalo and trying to get somebody out of there. Even if it's just a rental, like if you're getting Hall or maybe you're getting Eichel or something, you know, in some way, or you're going to flip I don't know, but I just feel that, um, Buffalo is almost like the, uh, I don't want to call it the bargain bin, but like all these guys are going to go, uh, you know, oh, their carcass will be picked. Yeah. Clean, they're going to, they're sure. going to rummage through the cupboards in Buffalo and see who they can get out of there. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, yeah. and it's funny, like about Pittsburgh, you mentioned about them probably looking to make a big move now that Hextall and Burke are in charge of things there. And the penguins are sitting pretty, you know, they're in the top third of the league. They're playing good hockey. Um, I, uh, I have a feeling, you know, like they're like everybody's talking about uh, Eckholm from Nashville being the defenseman on the market and Winnipeg is heavily in uh, the rumor mill there. You know, it would not surprise me a little bit if he went to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh needs defensemen just the same as Winnipeg. And uh, honestly, I think that he would be a good fit for the Penguins. So it could you know, like uh, I don't want to. I don't want Jets fans to get their hopes up that all of a sudden uh, Eckholm's going to come here and solve all the defensive problems for the Jets because uh, Pittsburgh's a team that always seems to get the they they bring in the big fish at the trade deadline often, right? And like I just I could see that happening. Just but- one, just one last thing. Um- my my other team, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that they're they're a Stanley Cup favorite right now, but a team that's been really fun to watch this season has been the Los Angeles Kings. Totally, it, it's a team that I've loved to like, I've loved to watch for the past twenty years. There's something about the Kings that I do, I don't know if it was Gretzky going there that kind of put some focus on yeah. them or whatever. But uh, just watching them play the last little while, and it would be you know. And here's a little bit of my. Uh, Maybe my my Winnipeg, uh, you know, I'll never forget watching the the St. Louis Blues eliminate the Winnipeg Jets at your house there, and then we went to uh, 
Leopold's after and tried to drink the sting away. And uh, <laughs> maybe it did, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. But um, I would love to see Los Angeles kind of get into that top four of the, of the West division and, yeah. and, and bump St. Louis out. But <laughs> regardless, it's been fun to watch the Kings play. And it, it's yeah. like, you know, their mix of young and, and experience with like Kopitar and, and Dowdy. Byfield hasn't even played yet. So they're, they're percolating him in the minors. And, and they I do and, have a lot of other young guys who are looking really good. And, and uh, who's their goalie? Not Jonathan quick. Uh, Peterson. And like Cal, Cal yeah, Peterson. They're, they're running a, with, with the, you know, him uh, instead kind of, of back and forth a little bit, but he's got great numbers. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, the, like, again, they're not my cup favorite, but I'd have to say um, if I'm going to pick right now, I'm going to have to go with Colorado, Tampa and, and the Islanders are all looking yeah. good in my books. LA is just sitting a little bit over 500. They're 12, 10, and six. Um, but, you know, they're not that far behind St. Louis. So that's kind of, you know, where there's a chance to sneak in if they can. And they're playing St. Louis, I believe. Excuse me. Um, I think they're in a little mini series with St. Louis right now. And, uh, you know, how about those LA Kings retro reverse jerseys? Man? Beauties. Those, oh. I, need, I need to buy one. Sure. I, I, I seriously need to buy one. Yeah. There's a handful of the retro reverse jerseys where I'm like, oh man, I'd love to have one of those. Like the Minnesota Wild one. I would love a uh, number 36 Matt Zuccarello in the oh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, and I'd like a I'd like a Kings number eight Drew Doughty. Why not? That's what I want. I want yeah. Doughty for sure. Yeah. And you know what um, else I want to get? I want to get the reverse retro Philadelphia Flyers, but I want to get Reggie Leach on it. <laughs> that'd be pretty sick that'd be pretty sick our friends over at keener jerseys could probably do that for you um yeah no there's i i think of those teams you all mentioned as sort of contenders or whatever like the real sort of the real teams if you will um carolina is a team that i just i've i've watched a lot of different teams this year i've not really watched carolina and i think that they might be for real like the last couple of years pretty good team you know rod brindamore has really grabbed a hold of that team and whipped them into shape and i uh you know the couple canes canes games that i've seen it's like man they're they're good like that's a good team and um the one question mark i have about them is their goaltending though to be honest they got i think mrazic reimer mrazic might even be hurt right now and it's uh Dudovic or something i I'm pulling a real Don Cherry with his name there, but uh, it's um, that's my one question mark with Carolina. It doesn't seem to be affecting them right now, but you get into the playoffs, you never know, right? Well, so. and to take one more shot at the Leafs, um, Carolina did win with a Zamboni driver playing that. So <laughs> that uh, is true. That is true. So <laughs> yeah, happy anniversary to that. That was about yeah. well, that was February of last year, so we're already past that, but. Uh, yeah, pretty classic. But yeah, yeah, I think you look at the North Division with your Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg as I think the top three in the North. Montreal maybe a little below those three. And it's, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to stack up against your Tampas and your Washingtons and your, you know, uh, Vegases and that kind of thing. The New York Islanders are my kind of dark horse pick, though. I think they're just going to be sneaky good and just bore everybody to death and go all the way to the Eastern final or something. But but look, they here's when you were talking about Florida and their lack of experience, their coach is Joel Quenville, 
and uh, Islanders have Barry Trotz as a coach. And those two guys are money, man. And they, they, those two could make the difference right there. So, totally, yeah. you know, you never know, but anyway, but uh, if we're talking personal awards here for the halfway point of the season and the, the favorites in that regard, um, who do you, who do you like at this point for a heart trophy for the MVP? Um, for the heart, honestly, like we'll see, we'll see how, how the, the, the season shakes out. But I would say if, if Chicago makes the playoffs, I think it's a no brainer than Patrick Kane. Like, yeah. he, like he has to get it. Like it, but if, if Chicago doesn't make the playoffs, then, you know, I, you, it, it's like, even in that game yesterday, like Connor McDavid is just head and shoulders above a lot of players. Uh, and Insane. Like, There's nobody else on his level. And like that first goal, both of his goals, like he was untouchable. Um, mm. He's, 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 he's the most valuable player, but yeah, I would say, you know, he's got a little bit more around more. There's more players around him, more just around him in general. Like Tyson Berry is now coming into his own. Uh, yeah. Edmonton's getting better goaltending. You know, their defense got, is rounding into form a little bit. They got more depth. The they got dry saddle. They got um, Nuge. And, yeah. but I would like, like, I would say, you know, it's, it's up to, if, if Chicago makes the playoffs, Kane is for sure the MVP. Um, when it he's comes been, to, he's been insanely good. Yeah. And what was that? His 400th goal or his thousandth point or something. And he had, it was so pretty. Like he, toe dragged the dude like just walked in classic cane and sniped it for he's, he's money he like he is just, yeah. and like he's yeah just so calm third in and, league third in the third in scoring in the league right now with 42 points behind dry and mcdavid but yeah so he's 16 points behind mcdavid um yeah. McDavid just running away with it right now. Uh, Absolutely, but he he you know, not to jinx him or anything, but McDavid does have the his the history of getting injured and and you know when you're playing at a high speed like that things can happen. Um, but yeah, for sure the MVP in my books is Kane. If if Chicago gets in there, um, uh, you know if if you had to like relate it to um, Winnipeg Jets players, yeah, sure Shifley. You know he's flirting with the with the top of the league there in points, but I, I don't know. And maybe I'm just to me being, the team MVP for the Jets is Hellebuck though. Yeah, but I was, I'm just saying like anyone on the Jets right now, like it doesn't seem like anyone on the Jets is that most valuable player. Like right. it's it's been more of a team, right? You know, kind of win. There's there's no there's no one piece on the Jets, and, and in my opinion too, like it's Shifley seems like there's another level still. Like it feels like he's I don't not know. there. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing with Wheeler, same thing with PL, PLD. Like it just feels like all these guys have another level and yeah. that could be great. Like they might all kind of, you know, click, uh, you know, going into, into the playoffs kind of thing. But for the jets, like in, in anyone in the MVP battle there, I would say they're pretty far out because it's more of a mm-hmm. team a team kind of uh, aspect in Winnipeg compared to like one guy who's really got the team on his back and going for it. Yeah. I, I would add, uh, I like your picks there of, of Kane and McDavid. I think those are pretty clear cut favorites. I would add to the mix, Mark Stone of the Vegas golden Knights. He's had an incredible season. He's putting up uh, 
you know, well, well above point a game. Um, I think he's at 34 points, 26 games. And basically like, he's just, I mean, he's a player I've liked watching for a while. Um, but he's, he's like, I don't know. He just like, he's, he's got the C on his shirt now in Vegas and he's really seemed to just basically, I wouldn't say put the team on his back because it's a pretty darn good team overall, but he's definitely led uh, that team, you know, every night basically that he's been in the lineup. So, well, and if you um, look at it, like if you take him out of the lineup, like, yeah. like how, how good would Vegas be? Like he's yeah, a big like, part of like, like the, their whole like five on five PK everywhere. and power play. So yeah, yeah he's, yeah. he's definitely a valuable player. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's switch over. Like, let's talk some Norris trophy uh, potentials here. So best defenseman, is it, is it a pretty much a runaway for old Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay lightning, or is there anybody else on there? That's kind of, you know, catching the attention of uh, whatever, whoever votes for that kind of thing. Or well, the, the Norris is always funny because the Norris is the d- award for the best defenseman, but like more often than not, it ends up being like the de- defenseman with the most points kind yeah. of thing. But I, I think you're right. Like Hedman, Hedman is again, he's a force. Um, I would say John Carlson has got to be up there too. Like he's such an important part of the Washington Capitals like team as a whole, like on their power play and, and just like, he's just turned into a, quite a strong player. Um, Tyson Berry, even though he's leading the league in points, I don't, I don't think you can put him into that Norris mix. Cause he's yeah. just, Oh, wow. I didn't realize Barry was leading D men points. He's just shit. not like that kind of, um, I don't know. It's just like he's not as all around as as yeah. a headman because you look at headman and it's like that guy is like headman very, owns every shift like he's, yeah he's great yeah. yeah um again and if you look at if you kind of compare this to anyone in the Jets like um you know Josh Morrissey definitely not um Neil Pionk has been having a great season I think he's almost on his way to surpassing yeah. J Mo as being uh, the Jets best defenseman and almost perfect timing because the guy's got to cash in with a with a new contract uh, yeah, this summer exactly, so right? that's that's how it works you you get a new contract <laughs> and you kind of get a little lazy and when you're up up for a new one you kind of work a little harder yeah I I would add um, uh, another Carolina connection there Dougie Hamilton's been having a pretty nice season but I'd also say that our favorite hard 58 Chris Letang the tanger he's been having a vintage tang season that guy has been pretty great for Pittsburgh so far and I gotta love Chris Letang I'm a big big Letang fan um, and he's I, having just a, a vintage Latang season. I have an honorable mention. And even though um, he's not, there's no chance of him winning an award this year. But um, one of my favorite defensemen in the whole league is Sergachev from Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. I love his game. Like, yeah. there's just something about him. Like, and he was he was on Montreal, right? And they traded him uh, for. No, I don't think he ever played a game for but Montreal. He, he, but, but he, he was, was drafted, drafted by them. By yeah. Him. yeah. But I love that kid, man. And like the way that he plays, like I wish the Jets had somebody like him. Like he's physical. He's big. He's got some offense. He's he's, he's got wheels. Yeah. 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 And he's got yeah. like awesome hockey style too. Yeah. Like yeah. he's got, he's kind of got the flow going and like, yeah. yeah, like, and just like his hockey style, like his, 
I don't know. It's just, he's a, he's a great guy to watch and he's number he's 98. Be- like that's, that's bold. <laughs> he's not he's even become a big part of that Tampa team for sure. Huge. And not even pull your RV is 98 anymore. He, he got rid. He moved to 13, I think. Did he really? Yeah. I missed that. So it, it's a uh, number 98. Like that's a bold move. Like yeah, one less yeah, than Gretzky. Yeah. It's like one better than McDavid. One, not as good as yeah. Gretzky, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know there's, you know, and then there's a lot of contenders for Norris, but I think that those guys we mentioned are probably the main front runners. Now, what about uh, the Vezina? So last year's Vezina winner, Connor Hellebuck, having a, I would say a pretty great season. His numbers are maybe not as Vezina worthy as they were last year or the year he was uh, nominated, you know, previous to that. Um, but like, I, th- I think his uh, overall, he's having a pretty good season. He's in the top few goalies of the league for sure. But I would say personally, I think that uh, Vasilevsky from Tampa is probably the guy to beat for the Vesna this year. Uh, do you have any other contenders that you'd uh, throw into the mix? Well, my thought with, with Hellebuck is that last year, Hellebuck's play clearly translated into wins. Like if it wasn't for him on a whole bunch of nights, the jets would have lost, but he, he, he stole games for them this year. I don't, I don't really find that he's stealing very many games. He's playing good hockey. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't maybe put him in, in the, uh, in the Vezina race right now. Again. Yeah. yeah Vasilevsky has been playing great. Um, like, Really, it's it's it's. I don't know. I think it's almost like it's too early to pick that one because I think this this last half of the season is going to determine who makes it and who doesn't. Yeah, and goaltending is going to be a big part of that. So, like maybe we haven't even seen the best of Connor Hellebuck yet this year. I I, I kind of would speculate that that's the case. And if yeah. and it, like he might put like if he goes on a tear right now and gets like three shutouts in the last half of the season, then for sure he's in that Vesna uh, category. Whereas right now, like yeah, I think you you like Vasilevsky's kind of running away with it, right? You know, uh, yeah. At yeah. this point, another guy, and and this guy might be um, fodder for like the next award we'll talk about, which is the Rookie of the Year. But another guy is uh, the. Uh, Minnesota goalie uh, Capo Kakinen kind of came out of nowhere. He's got nine, I think he got eight or nine wins in a row with like three or four shutouts. Like he's been, he's been unreal. He's got a 927 goals uh, save percentage, 205 goals against. He's kind of a 1B to Cam Talbot's 1A from Minnesota. So it's not like he's the full-time starting goalie, but so he's got less games played than a lot of the other guys that we're talking about. But I think, so if we switch over to the Calder trophy discussion, Minnesota's got two guys they could put in that discussion. Aforementioned Capo Kakinen and uh, they're uh, the Rusky on wheels there. Like uh, Kirill Kaprizov. What is it? Kirill dollar, dollar, no, what the hell is that T-shirt that was uh, Dollar Bill Carrill or whatever it was? Oh yeah, know. yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, money. He's money. He's he's a fun player to watch. Kaprizov, 
Kirill, I can't even say his name, Kaprizov. And, and I think he's, I don't know, is he leading the wild in points, but he's, um, he's like definitely one of their top scorers. He's got 25 points. He's leading mm-hmm. rookies, rookie scoring. He's got 10 goals and 15 assists. So he's leading rookies in all categories, goals, mm-hmm. assists, points, obviously. Um, Stutzla is just behind him in points. That guy's been, yeah, so fun to watch too. Like he's <laughs> going to be a great player. He'll, he'll I think be, everybody, everybody before the season would have assumed, oh, Lafreniere, he's going to be the rookie of the year for sure. Not so much. Not yeah, so no. Much. Unless he puts together like a pretty wild uh, last half here. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, to me, um, this Kaprizov has definitely come out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's looked. Yeah, he is leading the wild. Yeah, Zuccarello uh, with a lot fewer games played is is right behind him. But uh, yeah, the Wild are, are a fun team to watch, and Kaprizov is definitely, I would say, in a way, the face of the future in Minnesota. You know, like he's he's uh, twenty years old or twenty two. He played in the KHL for a couple of years, kind of like when. Um, was it Panarin, Panarin who came yeah. over from the KHL and won Rookie of the Year with Chicago? But he was like maybe like a couple years older than most of the other uh, rookies. But hey, whatever, man. It's your first year in the league. It is what it is. And yeah, he's uh, he's he's been really good. So um, yeah, it's, Stutzla is probably the other rookie that's really caught my eye, or or is probably in the in the mix for for players, for rookies and stuff, for the Calder. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, any final thoughts on our mid-season awards show here, Randy? No, I, I think we're good there. I just – I have a, a announcement to make here. Okay. Yeah. We're, like, way over our time. But oh. I, I, I feel that, like, we're probably okay because we're not on UMFM yet, so yeah, we don't have to do the hard 58. Okay. Because we still have uh, – we still got some some ground to cover here, so okay. I would say let's let. Did I miss the signal? No, Was no, I... but it's like we weren't even halfway through that segment, and it's like, yeah, I just let her go. So, <laughs> so, uh, folks at home, uh, it's not a hard fifty-eight this week. We're gonna maybe go for a hard one hundred eight. We'll see what happens. Yeah, buckle we'll, up. We'll fix uh, it in post, but we still got more things to talk about here. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna shift gears here now and. Do we want to talk a little bit of blowouts? Like- we, we do have to talk blowouts. Yes, okay. we, we do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so recently, uh, just this past week, the New York Rangers put the boots to the Philadelphia Flyers with a 9 nothing stomping. And in the process of that, uh, Mats Zuccarello, no, sorry, Mika Zabanajed, Zuccarello, not even the right team, used to play for the Rangers. <laughs> But um, Mika Zibanejad, yeah, he put up quite a performance, tied the NHL record for most points in a period with six. Three of those were a goal, were goals, uh, natural hat trick style, which you lo- you gotta love to see. You gotta love a natural hat trick. I think that's probably my favorite thing in hockey is when a guy gets a natty hattie. It's fucking. A one, and it was I all in. It. it was all in the second period too. Hey, all so it's, in the second period. It's a legit natural hat trick because it's got to yeah. be all in the same period. Yeah. Well, no, a, a real isn't a natural hat trick just that nobody else scores in between your three in the same period. I didn't know about the same period thing. 
Yeah, that would be natural. Like that would be pure natural. Okay. But if you if you had two Organic. in a row, if you had two in a row and then you went for the second intermission and you scored three, you could still call that a natural hat trick because no one scored but in between you. But it's got to be in one period. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, yeah. So he tied. A 1978 record set by Brian Trottier of the New York Islanders. And Trotz scored his six points in a period against the Rangers, ironically enough. Um, but yeah, Zibanejad started the season very slowly. And you're wondering, because he's a guy who came on in the last couple of seasons and looked like quite the scoring threat. And then this season, he was just like, what is wrong with Zibanejad? But don't worry, folks, he's ripping it up now. And Panarin's back from his, uh, you know, saving his family in Russia or whatever he was up to. And the Rangers, they're good to go again. Don't worry. Unfortunately, but, there's six teams fighting for four spots over yeah, there in I, that East. It's going to be a tough I don't think goal. the Rangers are going to be a playoff team this year, <laughs> but I do like them. And I, I enjoy watching Rangers games. And they, they'll be there soon enough, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, they... Um, interestingly enough, the Flyers, you know, they get blown out nine, nothing. How do you respond to getting stomped like that? They came back and won the following game against the Islanders, no less. Yeah. Tough, a tough team to play. And they beat the Islanders four three. I think it was. So that's right. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention is like, if you get blown out one night and it's, it's almost like a, like a golfer, if you have one bad hole, you got to forget that hole and think about the next next one because if you're still thinking about your bad hole, the one before, you're gonna keep, you know, slicing it or you're gonna keep playing in the in the trees or in the in the sand traps. So, the easy way to kind of forget a big blowout loss would be to get a W together, and that's what Philly did. And, mm-hmm. and like, well, what what happened after the Jets? Um, the Jets lost to Montreal seven to one there. They won their next game, right? Like, and yeah. I think after every single game this season, after every single loss, the Jets have always won. They're undefeated in the next game after a loss. Yeah. And that seven one blowout the Jets suffered at the hands of Montreal about a week or whatever ago it was. You know, that's in the that's long gone in the rearview mirror, I feel like, for the team now. And I I'm pretty sure the Flyers They've put that one in the in the rearview mirror as well now, especially since they came back the next day, beat the Islanders 4-3. The very so, next day, yeah. Yeah, so it's got to be a good feeling to do that. But, like, I, you know, if you're a team who gets blown out, like it's, um, you know, the Oilers have been doing some blowouts. Every time they play the Senators, it seems like it's a blowout. That You know, McDavid and Dreisaitl with 20 points each or whatever it is. And so the... the the, the senators have been able to respond against other teams. They've had, they've had success with pretty much against every other team. Now I would say, you know, they beat the Leafs, they beat the jets, they beat the Habs, they beat uh, Calgary. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They, you know, but the Oilers, they just cannot figure out those guys. And uh, so like, you know, but what was the, I think that it was seven, three or something. The Oilers uh, beat them most recently. So the Sens have been on the bad side of a few blowouts this year. Um, but you know, that's maybe to be expected a little bit, but uh, I don't know. The, do you think though, maybe that, and, and the Oilers actually speaking of the Oilers, they, they blew out 
the Flames just the other night, 7-3. It was 7-1, I think. And then Flames tacked on a couple late ones there. But uh, Hey, but before we go any further, what's your definition of a blowout? You got to get seven, would you say? Yeah. You got to get like, seven and then... Beat them by four and at minimum of seven. Yeah. Yeah, so 7-3 is for sure... 7-3 is the, the smallest the, the beginning of have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So actually seeing a 9 nothing blowout in the NHL these days is pretty crazy. If you think back to 15, 20 years ago, you would have saw quite a few blowouts. Like, yeah. you you would have even seen some 10-goal games every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, it was 9 nothing after the second, and I don't think the Rangers scored at all in the third. I, I, just were like, I tuned just... into the third just to see if they're going to hit 10, but uh, you know, that it's kind of interesting. Like, did they take the foot off the gas or, you know, mm. it, you know, it was still a decent third, but, um, uh, and I guess the one other thing you can add to that is the whole Rangers coaching staff was in COVID protocol. Right. They were, yeah, exactly. They were not even on the bench. They had their AHL coach. Yeah. And the Wolfpack. Did, did things get uh, frisky in that game? Was there some roughhousing? Was there any liberties taken? Anything like that? Not really. That's always, kind of, that's always kind of one of the, I don't know if you want to say perils or bonuses of a blowout game, is that uh, it can often turn into a bit of a gong show. I think there's a lot of respect among the players these days where it's like both teams know the game's over. Let's just play play it so it's over, you know, kind of whatever, whatever we get going. But it's not like someone from Philadelphia is going to go and try and, you know, start some, you know, shit. And Nobody's going to chop Panarin's ankles or something. But, like, it would be different if it was a 2-1 game and, like, things were, like, a little tighter and then, like, it got a little rough. Like, that's where things would get out of hand, I think. But in these 9-0 games, I think all these teams are like, let's just, like, end the game. Let's, you know, reset, watch some tape in the morning and kind of like new beginnings. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's where like, a, where a, like the mindset of all these guys is at these days is, is, um, you know, moving forward and not, not thinking too like, not like, even if you think about some of like the, the crazy fights or crazy hits, um, like if you think about, um, Tanev hitting, um, Tenorti, like I don't, I don't think like by the time the Penguins play Boston again next time, it's not like there's going to be a, a a scrap right off the face off like how there used to be. Like mm-hmm. I think for the most part, like the attitude is is like it happened in the past. Now let's go forward, unless it was like something super dirty, like a slew foot or something. But um, yeah, well, and that's part of the whole thing with this season with the in division only play. So you see each team a whole bunch of times. So it's kind of like. Um, you know, you, you know, you're going to see them again. Right. So you can, yeah, you can put the, take the, a number. The, yeah. Take, take a, a number, number put you, it in the memory it. bank and yeah. just say like, you know, see you next time or whatever. Cause I think a nine, nothing game, you're like, well, this one's out of reach. Yeah. Place, so well, also like thinking about your chicken well, wings after the game or whatever. So. When it's a shout out too, like that, like that's, mm. that's, that's like, that's a when it's a shutout, blowout. you're just like, let's just get one past yeah. this goalie. Like who cares about the win? Let's just get one. Yeah, I've yeah. been there. Like, uh, you know, like when you're playing uh, like spring league or whatever and our, our Stinkbirds team, look, we we have a lot of fun. I don't know if we're any good, but we have a lot of fun. And and some we've played teams of dirty dangling teenagers or whatever, just 
you know, toe dragging us left, right, and center. And look, if we if we come away with one or two goals in that game, it's like we won basically. So yeah, you know. just just get one, and then you build yeah. from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should uh, we should uh, move on to our sure, one yeah. last segment here. Um, so if if anyone listened to last week's episode, we we brought back the hockey card war, and I'm not sure if you noticed, but we had a little bit of an underscore. Uh, for the for the war underscore for the war. There you go. Like rhymes. <laughs> um, so it was your your pal uh, uh, who, yeah, John Rogers, John. aka John Rambo Music. Check him out on YouTube, Instagram. John Rambo Music. He makes beats. He does. He plays bass in some bands and stuff. He's uh, a musician at large, we'll say. And uh, yeah, he he did a whole bunch of beats. Uh, that he put together and we kindly asked his permission and he was like granted so here here is uh the uh the track the betting track if you will for our our hockey anytime we're going to talk hockey cards this is the music you're going to hear so uh yeah randy uh made a little special trip to the uh hockey card store and found found some surprises did you so so funny story uh how i was mentioning on previous episodes how in the dark dusty corner of of walmart how i found these parkhurst cards 30 pack cards and it was like the one the one year it's like a buck cheaper than the other um (laughs) so uh the the pack of cards that we we used last week i think it was carrie price on the pack if you i think so if you remember yeah yeah i have it around here somewhere so it was 29 2018 2019 and then the year before is mcdavid on the front 2017 2018 and they've got a big sticker on it saying like value value price or something it's like one dollar cheaper but funny story i bought two packs of of um the 2017 2018 and card for card it was the exact same pack <laughs> yeah. What? So when I saw that, I was like, "Okay, I can't keep buying these because I." Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe like I'll buy the newer ones, but um, that's crazy. Card so for card, card yeah. for card, it was like I was like, I've had I, I got like double, 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 double. Yeah, you know. You know? I've so seen like, this before. Yeah, I'm so, having deja vu. <laughs> so, um, so what I did is I I, I, I drove down Pembina a little further. You know, I was on Taylor and I, I took a turn to the right and went down Pembina and drove south and I found the the Shoppers Drug Mart that's just further down there. And in Shoppers Drug Mart, they had packs of OPG and Upper Deck. Um, I love an OPG. Oh man, I used to love. I mean. Oh. Probably okay, in the minority. Just, just wait here. here. No, OPG is great. The the classic yeah. OPG cards are amazing. Yeah. The new ones, not so much. But um, <laughs> but are they amazing in a way that is kind of like how the old ones were amazing in that they were they were just like this thick stock cardboard. No, with this they're not thick anymore. Ass, they're not thick anymore. Piece of gum. No, the, like OPG back in the day, like you could probably. Like it was almost like it was printed on a, like a, a cardboard box, you know, like it was yeah. like legit cardboard. <laughs> These ones, not so much, but I'll, I'll show you in a second here. So I, I bought two packs of Upper Deck MVP cards and a few packs of OPG. Um, so this is our five card draw right. um, segment where we just pick five random cards uh, for yeah. no particular reason. Some, sometimes on a theme or sometimes just five randoms. Uh, depends on what's floating your boat that day, I suppose. So these five cards are just from my couple packs of OPG, couple packs of Upper Deck. Um, 
and the upper deck is like you know everyone knows and loves glossy, um, glossy high-end looking card you know they look great in, in all the you know in in all their glory photo on the front photo on the back no not on these ones oh yeah so so my two picks from from uh the the upper deck uh 2021 series is the first one i am gonna present oh, to you there he is mr vesna it's connor, connor hallibuck. hallibuck and so here I'll, I'll i'll flip over to the other side here so like that's your typical upper deck looking card yeah nice looking card what's that kind of text there right between his legs in the five hole if that's it oh it says mvp so this is oh, a special okay. special set of of upper deck that a was subset or yeah something yeah so if you look at the back though no picture huh but if you it's... see closer i don't know if that's in focus or not they they do like the phonetic spelling of their names oh weird so, so it's they're like... substituting a picture yeah. for phonetic spelling yeah, come yeah. on so that's, <laughs> that's my what one wikipedia is for yeah <laughs> so that was my one upper deck my other pick is so i have my rest of my upper decks here um they they all sorry one sec they all have like this beige okay color mvp or like this gold or whatever you color yeah, you yeah, call yeah. that yeah i have one that's green and it's oh. it's, it's Giroux. and it's a flyers the philly claude Giroux, the philadelphia flyers from hearst ontario but so i don't even need to look at the back of the card for that he's the only one that's this green color so i gotta do Weird. some googling about why this one is green because all the other cards in the pack are the same color as connor hellebuck Weird. They must have run out of dye, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, maybe it's worth <laughs> something. Maybe I can retire. Yeah. I was going to... It's a total misprint, and it's actually, yeah, worth like uh, $7 or something. But that Because that, if you look at the other cards from the set, they're all the same color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then yeah, I have... Anthony Beauvillier there. And, see, uh, like, they're all the same color, and then I got yeah. Giroux. He's... Whoa, like, is this one worth a million bucks? I don't know. We'll have Probably to, not. uh, yeah, like, like, we'll like I to... was saying to the boys though the other day, uh, like, I'm gonna have to retire off the Justin Falk, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, money that I make off that card. Yeah. <laughs> so then, then I bought a couple packs of OPG, and on, like, unfortunately, like you, you'll have to hold these cards one day when to we get can the full appreciation yeah. of them. But literally, like, they feel like. I don't know. This is so cheap. Like this is so thin and and just weird. Kind of it's kind of sad. So, but the right. first one I have is uh, former oh. Jet Dmitry Kulikov, yeah, current New Jersey Devil. I'm wearing his skates these days, but there's a picture the on the back. Oh, nice! But it's also black and white. Yeah. Like but this, at least there's a picture on the back and a full set of stats. Like this, if I'm a little kid, that's all I want. Yeah. This this feels like the you know when you buy the heavier paper for your printer like right, it, this right. is like this is one nice... step above that like it's yeah yeah can i can i just uh add one thing so the picture on the back is really just a cropped image of the one the same one on the front correct yeah you know and i noticed that when we did hockey card war last week that the pictures on the back of those uh parkhursts which were like a parkhurst collaboration with upper deck that there was the I was actually just the same photo as the front, just cropped, and I that that let me down a little bit because that is true. 
one of my favorite parts of the old upper decks back in the day was that it was a totally different picture you yeah. got two pictures yeah like they're trying to pull a fast one on us here boys <laughs> let's go down to portage and maine and, and riot or or have a protest but we're not allowed yeah. that in manitoba anymore yeah. i guess yeah no so, no more protests yeah. so my next card that i have from this opg set is uh hometown hero local legend ah. morgan geeky nice of the carolina hurricanes and that is a rookie card for old geeky from Stratford, and he's actually Manitoba. had a bit of a an increased role since uh, Trocheck went down with injury, and uh, Geeky scored a couple goals the other night, I believe. And uh, his his younger brother Connor is uh, playing in yep. the WHL bubble with uh, Winnipeg Ice for the for the ice. That's right. Yeah. So my one last card here. And Connor and this... was drafted by. Vegas. Was he drafted? Was he not? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to. I'll Google that while you tell us about your next card. I, I don't think he was no he no he's he's eligible for next draft. Oh okay. You're thinking of Peyton Krebs. I am. Um. So my last card and this is the funniest one of all, and it, like it's so weird. Do you remember OPG Premier? Yeah, yeah. Those so were what, some sweet cards. Yeah. When they did like the special set, like OPG looked looked like you know your classic cardboard style, and then OPG was kind of like the higher end one. Yeah. Well, look at this year's version of OPG. Uh, premiere, and I'm gonna put this right behind the Kulikov card just so you can see the difference. Okay. 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 okay here it comes. So we're doing this on video, folks. That's why Tommy can yeah. see what it's what I'll do. Doing. I'll do it like described. Your okay. So here it comes, like in three, two, one. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> premiere. Okay. Oh, it's like way smaller. Yeah, like it's like two thirds oh. of a card. <laughs> it's like slim fit jeans. Yeah. Why would you want that? Like that that would wreck your like your, your hockey card pages. Like how you what are you supposed to do with that? That would be super weird, yeah. And, and like binder. But same picture. I do like them. But it's yeah. in color. Yeah. So same picture as this one. Yeah. Yeah, they're like skinny jeans. The but it's PG like it's Premier. skinny. Like I don't know. That's just when I when I open the pack, I'm like, what is this? Like I don't you want. The, I don't want a skinny card. Yeah, but do you see the premier lettering on the top of the card? That's the same lettering that they had. Like oh yeah, I'm way back go in the back day. to the '90s and yeah. say that that OPG Premier had the same lettering. Oh totally. So maybe it's a little throwback to that, but the what's up? Yeah, what's up with the width? Like, why is it a skinny card? It's but so and this is not glossy. Like this is this feels pretty much the exact same, same as this one. Maybe like the other this side feels a little more expensive. Yeah. Like I, honestly, I gotta show you one of these one day because this is, feels yeah. like like uh, you know like when you um, wrap presents and you put like those little name tags on a present like. <laughs> That's that's how that's what they feel like. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Like really? Yeah. Two two thirds of a cardo peachy? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Roman Yossi though. Good player. Hey. Good player. He, he could be on that Norris discussion, maybe. I that's don't know. true. He Nashville sucks. Nashville though. sucks though. On a good season, yes. He he would be right up yeah. there. Yeah. But anyways, five card war or five card draw, sorry, with with the music of John Rambo here in the background. Yeah. Peachy, if you're at um, your local shoppers, shoppers Drug Mart, look at the end of the aisle, close to the greeting cards, and you will find the hockey cards. You know, like, uh, there's lots of uh, hockey card accounts on Instagram, and next episode we're going to talk about that. We didn't get to it today, 
but we're going to talk about some of our favorite hockey follows on Instagram. So uh, tune in next week. Thanks for joining us this time here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Good times. Sorry we went over time, corporate. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, we had to let the intern go, so our stopwatch wasn't working. You know, that's just the way she goes. And uh, we're going to go out on a song from Portland, Oregon, The Thermals, with a song called Canada. I just feel like this is a song. I mean, it's a, I like The Thermals a lot. They're a pretty rad band. And uh, this song, it's just a, an ode to Canada, a tribute to Canada. And hey, you know, it's springtime in Canada. It doesn't get much better than that. So, um, you know, let's, let's buckle up and uh, get pucks deep. Quick shifts. Always check your lie and keep your stick on the ice. I want to take it to.